2: What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. If you have not realized, or if you like to watch us live, this is not going to be live. Matt and myself are recording a little bit early as it's his wife's birthday, and they are technically out of town. I believe by the time this podcast is dropping. So we're going old school like we used to back in the good old days where we just recorded everything and posted it there. We will be talking about our quarterback 17 through 32. Might talk a little bit about the guys in between 32 and 40 as well. They might have some fantasy value. Um, and we'll obviously jump into this is going to release a couple days later, so it's probably old news by now. Uh, but the injury to Cam Akers as he tore his Achilles Literally today, as we were recording on Tuesday. Before we get to that, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday?
1: Doing pretty good. Uh, it's a little warmish today, but enjoying that uh, that AC life and uh, you know watching some some Ted Lasso. It's been a, a nice, restful day.
2: Oh, I can't wait! When does it actually drop? Drop Friday like for people like me. Okay, so I can well, I can get one, one episode. episode. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yep, I just recapped the the pilot. I'm going to be doing recaps for every episode. It was about a thousand words.
2: Oof, nice. I can't. I cannot wait. I, I keep seeing the trailers pop up, and it's literally. I mean, we talked. I can't remember if we talked about this on air, off air a couple of weeks ago, but it's it's one of my favorite shows. I just I love it, and so I means I'll probably be able to watch the first episode Friday or Saturday because my wife doesn't go out of town till Sunday. Then I won't be able to watch episode two. Until she comes back, because she does like the show as well. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, bring the room down a little bit here with the Cam Akers injury. Uh, it was reported today that in um, I guess it was in some kind of training camp thing. I don't training camps haven't started. Whatever he's
1: <laughs> some training camps have actually today. Uh, Tuesday was the first day rookies for a few oh, teams. Gosh, the so first day. He might he might have just come in to do some workout some some training. I mean they're getting. Football is, is finally here. Uh, yeah. Tuesday was the first day that several teams had Rookies report. We're getting ever so close. August 5th is the first preseason game in two years. So it's coming. Yeah.
2: So it's 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 going to wait. August 5th. Seriously? Yep, I didn't realize it was whole, that. That's oh, a Hall of Fame game. Man, thank the Lord. I did not realize it was that soon. I didn't realize you we were talking about two weeks. That's going to be two weeks from when yeah. this podcast drops. So that is beautiful. That is beautiful to hear. Uh, yeah, so obviously uh, they they confirmed it and then reaffirmed it once he was able to go in and get the imaging done, the scene that he's done. He is done for the season. Uh, it's obviously terrible news. You know, we had a big discussion about it in our Slack channel for the Campus to Canton website because we were talking about how, you know, me and – even though I was probably a little bit more higher on him than you were, me and you were kind of like the low men on Akers going into the season because we believe Daryl Henderson was going to have a bigger role than many others did, but still Akers seemed to be the guy really good, showed at least to be really good at the end of last season. This is a bummer to see him kind of go out this way before even getting to see him really get to take the starting role. Uh, just kind of like what are your thoughts on Akers first and then we'll pivot to the rest of the backfield after.
1: Well, it's a major bummer for 2021, but it's also potentially long lasting. Um, You know, I know people were real quick to talk about, well, guys tear their ACL all the time and come back. And Achilles tendon tear is significantly different and has been significantly different for football players across all positions. You know, even with advancing medical science, uh, I pulled up, you know, in that discussion, I found a medical uh, article. It wasn't extremely inspiring. We have never seen a running back tear their Achilles tendon and come back to have an RB1 season. Now, to be fair, it hasn't happened a ton to running backs, probably some notable people. I forgot about, I think it was Michael LaSure. Um, was the big example that they brought up who who went yeah. for the Saints, who had a decent season coming back but got replaced by Reggie Bush, which kind of tells you how long ago it was because of a, a lack of explosiveness. We yeah. saw Marlon Mack tear it last year. A lot of questions about what he's going to look like coming back. He looked like he was already trending toward kind of losing the the dominant spot there, but many of us think he went back to Indianapolis because it's going to take a while to come back. On average, it takes at least nine months. It can take yeah. longer. We've even seen this with basketball players. Kobe Bryant was never the same after he yeah. blew and ruptured his Achilles tendon. Um, it's been amazing what Durant has done, but it took him the more than a, a full u- season to come and back.
2: It, and I think it's fair to say, I mean, as much as I'm not a, a fan of Durant's off-field tactics and Twitter and everything, I mean, dude's a unicorn in many Ways of not yeah. just basketball and everything. So you can't use him. I don't think you can use him as the poster child of, Hey, if you tear your Achilles, you can bounce back. Now I know you're not, no. but I'm saying that if, if no. anybody were to use that as an example,
1: we saw in the NFL, we saw Deonta Foreman, um, had a decent run and then kind of tore his and never, you know, there's rumors that there was attitude issues there, too, yeah. but he never really got back to anything at receiver uh, for Denver. Within a couple of months, we saw of each other, Marius Thomas uh, tore his and I think never really came back to any kind of, you know, that was after he got uh, traded from Denver y- you forget that he kind of bounced around with a few teams was never really able to get anything going Emmanuel Sanders tore his he did come back our our friend Alfred pointed out he had some decent numbers and he was older po- yeah. post 30 to me, as somebody who watched him for years with Denver and who really loved him, he doesn't have the same burst and explosiveness, and that's something you worry about. That's something you worry about even more so with a running back that's yeah. sort of a shorter shelf life. So we only got to see a glimpse of what we thought Cam Akers could be at the end of last year. Not going to see any this year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2023 before we kind of see him shouldering a big load again.
2: Yeah, I mean, so on, excuse me, Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think the difference there is you don't have to be as explosive as you just mentioned, especially when you're running routes. If you're as good as a route runner that he is, he can still probably create the separation he needs to get the ball. Maybe we just don't see him make as many big plays. You need that burst to get through that hole sometimes for Cam Akers. And if he doesn't have that, I wonder how much that hurts him. You know, you mentioned some of the running backs. I have the list pulled up. Uh, Chris Towers put it out on Twitter. Lendell White, Andre Brown, Michael Lashore, Ernest Graham, Kendall Hunter, Beanie Wells, Vic Ballard, Joe McKnight, Arian Foster, Brandon Oliver, Dante Foreman, Isaiah Crowell, and Marlon Mack. The most successful out of all of those guys after tearing their Achilles was Dante Foreman, who was 21 years old as well. I was trying to pull up. I don't know is Acres 20, 21. Um, i, think, I'm gonna
1: I was trying I think to. 23. I thought okay. LaShore had a 789 yard season, nine touchdowns. I don't think Foreman ever had anything
2: that big. So according to what he put, and again I could be wrong here, LaShore after he came back was out of the league following 2013. So maybe he did that in between but this says that he tore it in 2011 and then was out of the league again in 2013.
1: He um Acres is 22. 22. That's what I mean. You said the most successful is Deonta Foreman. That's just what he that.
2: put. I I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked at anything. I'm, I'm going to look. what So he do you know what year he He said it was year of injury was 2011 and he was 21 years old. So I mean So that's
1: Michael Shore, not Deonta Foreman
2: oh foreman uh he tore his in 17. it says yeah, he played and- one game in 2018 and then has been out of the league in 29 29- or 2019 six game yeah t- six games in 2020. That's yeah he's, he's only run
1: for 94 yards since the- i thought you were saying he was the most successful one to come back and i was like oh that's think- what he
2: said yeah that's what he said he said the tweet says uh blah 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 where is it where is it where is it, where is it? dante foreman is the success story is what they say and he said yikes as in thoughts to Cam Akers coming back. I mean, the one thing I will add for most of these guys is they were in their upper 20s when they, when they had these injuries. Only Mike Hill and Donta Foreman were around Akers age. They were both 21. You just mentioned Akers is 22. I do kind of agree with you. You know, obviously let's go on the long side that it takes him 14, 15 months to be fully back and healthy and with the Rams you're already talking about early season for the Rams for him to come out and be out there playing I I just I don't know if he has that explosiveness right away even Durant looked a little bit not like himself early on we just talked about him obviously on the basketball side of things so I I do think I don't think Akers is done Uh, I I don't want to say that I think it may it's maybe too early to say that he can't ever be successful but I do At least for me, I do tend to play conservatively at times. I would be, I would think if I have Cam Akers, I would likely, the way I process things, think he's probably not going to be as high as I thought he was going to be this year, which is about RB10 is where I had him ranked. I think that might be no longer in his range of outcomes. Maybe. We maybe that changes in 2023, but I'm someone who I think you can find somebody right now who's willing. You know, I've seen a bunch of these trades going where people are offering like second round picks because they think he's going to be perfectly fine next year. I might take that, and um, you may be selling low. Um, you know, I saw someone got Miles Sanders for him, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, I think for me, I just, I'm just I'm a little bit risk averse when it comes to those things and Achilles tendon injuries. While we're definitely in a new age, I saw you know, Steffi Smalls and um. Jeff Mueller PT on Twitter who were tweeting out saying, Hey, it's come a long way since a lot of these guys got their injuries. It's a little bit more of a speedy process and all this stuff. But I, we just haven't seen the success for guys coming back from that. Like we have ACLs and all that stuff in the past. So for me, I don't know if I can bet on acres being the exception to the rule of what we just talked about with all of those players who have suffered that injury. And again, you mentioned the best player to come back to that was 700 yards rushing before he got replaced by Reggie Bush, where, I mean, Reggie Bush was good, but I don't think he was ever what we thought he was going to be coming out of college. So for me, I think I'd, I'd take the, I'd I'd probably trade him unfortunately at one of the lowest points you're going to get for him, but take what I can get for him. What, what, what would you do if you had shares of acres? Uh,
1: What I advocated uh, when I was looking at it this morning is I'm, I'm holding, uh off on moving him right now because like you said in the immediate aftermath it's going to be the lowest it possibly be even if you don't think he's going to come back huge if he has a decent recovery and in the you know april to july window next year people start buzzing about him and and his comeback again uh then that would be good you also don't know what's going to happen in front of him. what what scares me is it's a tough injury to come back for. If you're an offensive tackle, maybe you don't need as much burst or explosiveness when you're coming back from it. You know, if you're a pocket passer, maybe you can get back to a reasonable level uh, more quickly, but you're talking about a position that requires a lot of power and burst. And also the position that we've talked about the last couple of years has become the most disposable is not the right word, but maybe replaceable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that's a big concern. He was a second-round draft pick, but the way the rookie wage scales are set, it's not a huge financial investment in him right now. They don't have a huge financial investment in that position, period, um, because he, he probably is the guy at running back that's making the most for um, the Rams because he was a higher-round draft pick than Darrell Henderson. It'll be interesting to see what happens in his stead if the Rams – struggle mightily running the ball and there's rumors that acres looks good in his coming back you might be able to sell him at a at a much higher rate going into next season i think right now dumping him on on the flip side if somebody's you know i know what you're saying that you're not sure you want to take the risk if somebody's going to give him to me for a second round draft pick, and I'm a team that I think is going to be fairly competitive and that's going to be low. If I can get a second or a third uh, and get him, I would stash him for the same reason that I've taken a chance a couple of times on like a Deshaun Watson. Maybe it doesn't pay off for you, but if it does, that could be a pretty decent asset you have. I think he could still return back. I was not quite as high as you. I think I had him at 14, uh, I think he could still return back to RB2 value if somebody gives him a, a workload and he can hold up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that the Rams are – I mean, what would Henderson? They'd have to re-sign Henderson, I think, at that point. Henderson, or yeah, he, has, he has two more years. Yeah, yeah
1: so, 2023.
2: If we're talking 2023, so. it would be like that real bounce-back year for him, but – yeah, uh, you know, again, for me, that's just the way I, I handle things. Everybody's different. That's the great thing about it. It's a great thing about being in the league, especially with 12, 14, 16-man leagues. You're going to have someone who's like me. is like, yeah, I'd rather just wash my hands of it, unfortunately, at this point. And other people are like, I'm willing to take the risk. So it's going to be uh, fun to see how all that goes. I don't have many shares of Akers just because he was my fifth running back coming out last year anyway, so I wasn't as high on him as others uh, coming into this year to begin with. Now that he has, or we know for sure that he's going to be out for the year. Obviously, everybody is propping up Darrell Henderson. You got Calais Raymond, uh, Xavier Jones, as well as getting a lot of run from the Debbie crowds right now on Twitter. Is a guy who made the team last year uh, as an undrafted free agent that was a really good running back. How do you view this this backfield kind of shaking out now? Because we were both very big again. I do not say big on Darrell Henderson, but we both thought he was going to have a bigger workload before the injury so now that unfortunately acres is out what do you think that does for henderson and everybody else in the backfield
1: I think he's still a decent player. I don't know that he's as dynamic as um, Cam Akers or maybe had the ceiling Cam Akers had. I'm sure the Rams are really bummed right now that they let Malcolm Brown go because you know Malcolm Brown was a veteran who seemed to fill in pretty well there. He went down to Miami this year. They seemed like they were fine running with just Akers and Henderson, maybe narrowing that three-man backfield into a more palatable two-man committee. Now they've got... Henderson. and I think he gets a bulk of the work. He had 11 starts last year. He started the season as the starter, um, had about the same yardage total uh, as Akers did, had more touchdowns, had a few more receptions. I put him up into low end uh, running back to when I made my adjustments today. I still think he's going to be good. I don't think they're going to stick with completely what they've There are a lot of options. You know, we've talked about some big veterans are still out there. Adrian Peterson keeps talking about how he has 28 year old knees uh, or, or something like that, that he he wants to come back. You know, we've seen him, him come in and be a a bulldozer. Frank Gore is still out there. LaShawn McCoy made overtures that he wants to come back. Uh, I know, on the Count and you know, podcast, they they had certain feelings about uh, LaShawn McCoy's washedness. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is still out there. We still don't really even know what he has left. Or uh, a name that's been bandied about that's been quite popular is Todd Gurley, who we've seen have success there. We don't know how great his knees are. I also think they could go the route of making a cheap trade. One of the names that I threw out there is a Royce Freeman who was a third-round pick, is in the last year of his rookie contract, so it's a very low-dollar-value kind of thing. We have to remember the Rams still have plenty of cap issues and cap concerns there. That would be a low-dollar-value commitment, wouldn't be a long-term commitment, and he's squarely on the roster bubble in Denver after they drafted Javante Williams and signed Mike Boone. Uh, I think that's somebody they could get. He's a decent pass blocker. Um, he's not – I don't think he's – Ever going to live up to what people thought he might be when he was drafted, but he's not a bad player. He, you know, he could fill in that backfield and help form a committee. I think he could. Fill a Malcolm Brown type role and be a compliment there. And then I think it's going to be more into the passing game. I guess we're going to get to see what Van Jefferson can do. We're going to see how many games Deshaun Jackson can stay on the field. We're going to get to see what Tutu Atwell can do. We're going to see what Higby can do. I think they're going to lean a little bit more on the passing game, and we'll see what some of those younger. They have two second year guys and two rookies uh, also on that roster. Those guys are going to get a great chance in the preseason. I would imagine they'll be pretty careful with terrell henderson not wanting to get him banged up with acres i'm gonna get a great chance to see if one of those guys can break out
2: yeah i mean obviously i i think henderson's kind of the guy um jake funk is is the other one i think um i believe his name everybody's talking yeah, about seventh his, round pick yeah because of his name uh you know i li- I liked raymond coming out of um i think it's U L if i say that correctly uh, because if you say ull you get corrected on uh uh Twitter and by by Mr. Sharp. So I will say U L uh and then Xavier Jones as well. I do w I, I don't know if they bring in a veteran. I mean McVeigh already has come out and said that he wants to give the young guys or the guys in the room a shot first. I think with Henderson, you know, I, I think he can be more than capable of of filling in for acres for the most part. And then they kind of fill in those three guys in some kind of way uh to fill up this field the backfield. But you know, we talked about it a lot with Stafford on on our show on Monday was we thought they were going to be more pass-heavy to begin with, and I think that just kind of reiterates it now moving forward. I I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they bring in more, more veteran depth if one of these other guys gets hurt, but I think with how close they are to the salary cap as well too, they might just roll with these guys well, and kind of see what happens.
1: You could also see them uh, waiting and signing somebody after week one. I, we're yeah. also going to have camp cuts, so some of these guys they may not even have to trade for them. Uh, You know, I know people threw out a Benny Snell. He'll probably get kept, but maybe a Jalen Samuels. There are some backs that will get set free. And with veterans, if you wait, I think, until after the first week to sign them, you don't have to guarantee the salaries. That feels like the kind of move you're going to make if you're not sure how it's going to work out.
2: All right, so let's talk about our second half of quarterbacks here. So I'm going to give a quick rundown of my top 16 and then Dennis's, and then we'll have Matt give his, and we'll jump in and talk about our quarterbacks 17 through 32. So for me, I had Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones as my top 16. Dennis's had uh, he had Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa. Matt, who were your top 16?
1: So I had Patrick Mahomes at 1, Dak Prescott 2, Kyler Murray 3, Josh Allen 4, Justin Herbert 5, Lamar Jackson 6, Ryan Tannehill 7, Aaron Rodgers 8, Tom Brady 9, Matthew Stafford at 10, Russell Wilson at 11, Joe Burrow at 12, Baker Mayfield at 13, Trevor Lawrence at 14, Kirk Cousins at 15,
2: and then Derek Carr at 16. So the standouts um, in our top 16, again, if that was on Monday's episode, Dennis had Jalen Hurts in his top 12. Matt uh, did not have him in his top 16. I did have him at 14. Uh, And then in our top 16 ranks, we each had one player different. Uh Matt had Derek Carr in there at 16. Dennis had Tua of Iowa, who neither one of us had ranked in our top sixteen. And then I had Daniel Jones. Same thing. All three of those were kind of those one player each that we had. So let's jump in and talk about those other guys, the rest of these quarterbacks. And at 17, I had Matt Ryan, who you had at um what was it? 17. Uh, 17. Oh, sorry, you have him at 17 as well. So but yeah. Dennis had him in Dennis his had him at 14. 15. Yeah. Um, And my big fear with them is while I do agree, I believe Dennis's argument was the volume. I do believe that's going to be there. I think losing a guy like Julio still has to hurt you a little bit. And I also want to see it a little bit with Arthur Smith. We know was very run heavy in Tennessee. Granted, they don't have Derrick Henry there. Mike Davis, I'm not expecting to be Derrick Henry. Bad defense. I just, I don't know if... Matt Ryan is going to put together a a great season. I could see him going up there, but I think I'm going to lean on the side that he's slowly going to continue to decline a little bit every single year. And I think that continues this year. What what were your thoughts on putting him down here at 17?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was QB 12 last year. I don't think you lose a Julio Jones and replace him with a rookie tight end and Russell Gage and have yourself stay the same. I am much less bullish on Russell Gage than – Dennis, I know he saw 100 targets last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he sees less this year. Um, I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. I think Pitts is going to have a decent year, and Hurst will be okay. I think Calvin Ridley is going to ball out. That being said, I he slides down. An upper end yeah. QB, two is not out of the bounds. I do not think Atlanta is going to be very good. I think they're going to be in top 10 pick range.
2: Uh, Dennis had Kirk Cousins here at 16. We did a lot of talking about him on Monday's episode as me and Matt both had him at 15. At 18 for Dennis, he has Carson Wentz, as do I. You had Carson Wentz a little bit higher uh, than us. I had, him had him a little bit you... lower. Oh, lower? I thought – oh, that's right. You, we talked about him uh, in the last episode, of the guy that bounced he's back. Most, that's right. Yeah,
1: he's probably one of the diff- most difficult to make yeah. because you're optimistic but also – Yes. Yeah, I need to see it. No, I agree. With you. So, I, I have him down at 20, so I'm not that much lower than you, but yeah. I do have him a, a couple spots so, lower.
2: what's interesting for me is your quarterback at uh 18 here is the way I feel about the guy you have at 18. I have him lower, and it's because I don't – I want to believe what we saw last year out of him as a guy we're going to see. But he also is that guy who could throw five turnovers in a game. So I'm very curious as to what. So uh, on Wentz's side first, we'll we'll talk about him and we'll get to your guy. Um, Obviously, it's just can he bounce back? We could all be – this could be the Aaron Rodgers for us last year, right? Like we all had Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. linked as a low-end QB2. Boom. Top five quarterback last year. I actually think he finished three. We talked about on Monday's episode. I don't know if that's in Wentz's range of outcomes, but I would not be surprised. You you mentioned on Monday's episode you would be surprised if he jumps in the top 12, and I agree with you because Indy is loaded all over Mm -hmm. that offense. Great offensive line. Great running backs. Great receiving weapons. He's back with –
1: Potentially great receiving weapons. I I would put that among the – The questions. They lost a couple offensive line pieces that they they. But I think they will rebuild. The two biggest things that could swing for me with Carson Wentz, you know, and having him in this range or seeing him go higher is: Do we actually get all that passing weapons to develop? Is does T Y Hilton have one year left? Can Pittman be the guy we think he can be? Can Paris Campbell stay on the damn field? Uh, Is Kylan Granson going to help? help them at tight end? Or are they going to go get a, a Zach Ertz? And the other thing is passing volume because we're all, I know you and I especially are incredibly bullish on Jonathan Taylor. Yes. I think they're going to have a very robust rushing game. And we saw last year with Phillip rivers, they can have, you know, Philip rivers threw for 4,200 yards. And I think around 30 touchdowns and was a middling low QB two, um, because they didn't need him to be more than that, yep. they may not need Carson Wentz to be more than that to be successful.
2: Uh, let's see here. So he threw for, yep, 4,169 yards, um, 24 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So, but I see, I could see the touchdowns going up more with that. I mean, he threw 400, 543 times, Phillip Rivers did. So, I mean, if they give Carson Wentz that kind of volume, I think he could easily get to 30-plus touchdowns. and then So that'll raise him up a little bit higher than what we have. I mean, we were talking about yesterday most of the guys, they were projected with that same amount. So I think for me it's also seeing can he get back to the guy that he was in Philly with Frank Reich there. That's kind of like the big selling point, right, on him coming over to Indy. He had Frank Reich. That was kind of the guy that he had that – bond with it seemed like things have kind of fallen apart between him and Peterson there in Philly so can that rekindle I, I still I believe in Pittman Hilton is a big question for me because at times he looked really good last year and he's even kind of come out and said kind of throwing Philip Rivers under the bus for that saying Rivers couldn't get him the ball so I, I want to see I believe Wentz has got a better arm probably in a better spot in his career than Philip Rivers was coming over there last year so that that's kind of the big thing is can he can he bounce back? If he does, I think he's one of the guys in this range we could be really wrong on, could could clearly jump up into that top 12. Who did you have, though, at 18?
1: I went with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, and I know it's a controversial choice, but I think he has a lot of upside. I think he went to a situation where they wanted him, where they want to be able to push the ball a little bit. He has arguably some of the best uh, weapons he's ever had, rivaling what he had when he was in Tampa Bay. Um, Because he's got Terry McLaren, who we like, Logan Thomas, very solid tight end option. I like the backs that they have, Antonio Gibson leading the way, and then they still have McKissick. They went and added Curtis Samuel, who is a very uh, dynamic weapon, can be used. I liked the Deami Brown pick. Um, And I think Washington is going to be a serious competitor in the NFC East, and they're going to have to put up some points to be able to hang with teams like Dallas and some of the elite crop in the NFC. Yeah,
2: so I I have him lower. I have him at 25. Um, Dennis, I don't even see where Dennis has him. Where am I missing him? Oh, he has him at 20. So he's fairly close to uh, I mean he's right in the middle of us I have him at 25 you two are actually like right next to each other uh, and my biggest fear is just that we last year was a great year for Fitzpatrick and he he has looked better it seems like with age he's kind of gotten rid of the YOLO throws a little bit more than when he was younger and I agree with you, he's got a great team around him but can he continue to be that guy because we've seen him be The guy in Miami that was leading them to a playoff team, and then we've seen him be the guy that he was, like say, with the New York Jets, who is good two weeks and then just like blows up for three weeks and is great for two weeks and then blows up for another week. I want to see him be consistent. I definitely think he could be because I think Washington has a really good team. But it was just hard for me to kind of rank him somewhere, and he just kind of fell in at 25 for me. Uh, I have a bunch of the rookies over him. Um, you know, I could probably move him ahead of Big Ben and Tua because I'm not as big on Tua this year. Uh, but it's just, it, it kind of fell in that spot. And again, I don't mean this. You, you know, you mentioned it a lot yesterday. There's very little that separates these guys and all this range. You're talking about probably at times between some of these players, eight to 12 points. So 25 sounds like a bad ranking, but then when the season goes through and he still puts up a bunch of points, it's it's not quite as bad. So he definitely could move up and he might eventually for me, but right now I've got, I've got him down here at 25 at 19. This is where I had my first rookie come on the board. So you guys both had Trevor Lawrence as yours, uh, Matt, you had him at 14. Dennis had him at 15. I've got Justin Fields. Um, and I felt like I, I just had to go all in. Like I didn't do last year. I kept talking about Justin Herbert, starting and being the best rookie quarterback and then I ranked him at like QB 28 last year I didn't like push him up or anything um and I definitely think Fields gets on the field I I keep maybe again this is me speaking it into existence I keep hoping by week three because I will be at that game but even if it's I I don't think they wait to the bye week I think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's seat is so hot And if Andy Dalton does not come out on fire, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see Fields in week one or week two, if they go out there and get blown out by the Rams in week one. I think sooner sooner rather than later, we see Fields out on the field, and that in which case turns him to be the better rookie quarterback. Now, I do only have him one spot ahead of Trevor Lawrence at 20, um, but I honestly think I will adjust these. As the season gets closer, because we'll have more injuries and everything, and may have, may unfortunately, lose a starter or two. And then obviously, starting jobs, we're guessing on starting jobs right now. Like, I'll just throw it out there. I have Drew Locke higher than Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm projecting him to win the job. That could be very wrong. I, I don't know. So, we. I will,
1: uh, Teddy Bridgewater's well, trash outright. I trash. mean,
2: I agree with you, but we both know that Austin and Colin or Colin and Chris Moxley don't so it's one of those things I where that's why I blocked um, them. <laughs> that's uh so I'll adjust them at one point and I do think fields will move up for me but right now I've got him coming in at nineteen. Dennis had Baker at nineteen uh which we both had him I know well you know what Dennis was right last year we both had him much higher I think last year and Dennis had him about this range and and he proved to be right and I don't think it's a bad place to have Baker if you think that they're going to still continue to be a more run heavy offense and we get the Baker we got in the first half. But I I truly believe in the Baker. We saw the second half of the season, which to me leads. He's going to be much higher than this. But again, not much separates those guys in this range. So he had Baker there. Uh, Where did you have or who did you have coming in here at 19?
1: So I I'm not as bullish on uh, on fields as you I do think he finishes as the higher scoring Chicago quarterback but I have said before I think it's more of a midseason um, shift I had him coming in at 30 and Dalton I, I have 33 at 19 I have Sam darnold um, for the Panthers uh, I like the move. And I think that they have demonstrated good faith in him. They don't have much behind him, obviously clearing the deck of last year's starter Um, Teddy Bridgewater, who I mentioned my feelings on finished as QB 19 uh, in that offense uh, with that coaching staff last year. I see no reason why Darnold can't do it. I think this is going to be the kind of fresh start he needs. I was expecting to see the Panthers be a little bit better this year. I think they're still, Maybe a year or two away from being playoff contenders, but I think they will be better.
2: Yeah. It was hard for me to rank Darnold too, because I was all in on the Panthers last year. I had Teddy Bridgewater high. He ended up having a good season. I believe more in Joe Brady than I do Sam Darnold. Uh Sam Darnold came in at twenty-seven for me. I just I I think I'm at a point with Darnold where I have to see it to believe it. I question his ability to process plays and just kind of go with the flow of the offense we, we've seen great moments out of him and then we've seen really bad moments so I hope I'm wrong because I think Sam Darnold is like a real is a really good kid and I want to see Carolina succeed because I do like that team in general as well like a lot of the weapons on that team but he is one of those guys I need to see uh, see it to believe it and Dennis had Darnold down at 25 so just a couple spots ahead of me at 20, we had three guys that we've all pretty much talked about. You, as you mentioned, had Carson Wentz in there, Ryan Fitzpatrick in there for Dennis, and then Trevor Lawrence for me. I was a lowest Lawrence. Talked a lot about him in that Monday episode. If you didn't listen to that, just to recap, uh, it's not necessarily a question of Lawrence's skills. It's more of Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer running this offense that I worry about Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if he has quite that upside to jump up uh, in the ranks and, and be a high-scoring quarterback because I do expect them to lean heavy on the run. And I think what separates Trevor Lawrence as well as Fields is their rushing ability, and I'm curious as to whether or not they'll really use that um, at the NFL level with Trevor Lawrence because he is a very good athlete, and my thought process is they won't. Uh, and so that's why I have him ranked down here. At 21, Matt, uh, you have tongue of Biola.
1: Yep, I have uh, I have Tua and um you know I like I like Tua. I liked the pick. Um I thought it was a little uneven last year. I, part of me still worries about whether the decision to pull him for performance a few times in crucial moments um is a little bit of a setback. They definitely got some interesting weapons. I liked the Jalen Waddle pick. I I'm not as high on the Will Fuller signing. I think you and I have discussed. I'm, I didn't think that was an incredible fit. Um, but we will see. They they have some weapons. Um, they were a team that I liked a lot to take a step last year. They fell just short. I don't know. There isn't really a reason why, but I'm not quite as excited about them this year. Um, so I think Tua is going to be fine. He'll be a QB, two. I just don't have him way up there.
2: Yeah, I have two at 22, so just one spot behind you. Dennis was the highest on, on him, and it makes sense. Dennis was the highest on him coming out of the rookie draft as well. He was like – I think he – no, I am pretty – did he have him above Burrow? I want to say he did have yeah, him Yeah, he, he and I yeah. both did. Okay, so, I mean, he was – he's very big on two. It has been – you know, I, I've been – probably his, you know, biggest detractor on the show. I've, I've been very much about Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow over to a, uh, I've just said, I don't, you know, some of it is we've never really seen a left-handed quarterback succeed since. Is it, it's a very famous quarterback. It's I can't know who it is now. Steve Young, I thought it was somebody else, too, but I can't remember who it was because we've seen uh, – was it Kellen Moore was decently successful? Not great, but he, he was okay. I'm pretty sure he's one of the other left-handed quarterbacks that had some success.
1: Tim Tebow.
2: Tim Te- I mean, that's debatable. On, on Michael the success. Vick. Uh, Michael Vick was left-handed. I forgot about that. But Tua, I don't think we can compare to Mike Vick. Mike Vick was also very dynamic with his legs. If Tua could run – Mark Burnell. Mark Brunell. No, oh, it was something else that I was thinking of. But anyways, uh, I, you know, and to, uh, to finish the Mike Vick thing, Tua, if Tua had Mike Vick's legs, I would be – that sounded weird. If he had the rushing ability that Michael Vick had, I would be much higher on Tua. Uh, yeah, I just,
1: Boomer Esiason
2: was left-handed? No, nah, it wasn't Boomer I was thinking of either. I can't – I don't know who I was thinking of.
1: I thought there was a more recent one too, but I don't see uh, – Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're I really calling Tim Tebow and Matt Leinart, two of the most successful left-handed quarterbacks.
2: In, um, well, and there you go. That, that may speak even more to why I'm not quite as sold on left-handers uh, working out. I mean, it, we saw it a couple times last year. There was a couple times he fired some balls in there in between really tight coverage that you saw the promise and why people fell in love with him at Alabama. And he definitely has talent I just don't know if he's going to be as good as everybody wanted him to be. And maybe some of that is the hip injury last year. We'll see yeah. him bounce back from that, I hope. I agree with you on the Will Fuller thing. While Tua does and can throw deep, I think his game suits more to Jalen Waddle, which is what I thought that was a home run pick. We were talking about that for months leading up to the draft. That would be a perfect spot for Jalen Waddle to go to. He ends up there, so maybe that helps out Tua. But overall, I think he's going to be a low-end QB, too. Uh, and he was your 21, my 22. At my 21, both me and Ed Ben Roethlisberger. That is who you had at 22. Yep. And for me, It's funny because we talked a little bit about this on the Steelers episode we we did recently. I could see Big Ben bouncing back a little bit. Again, I've I've mentioned how big of a baseball fan I am, and you usually see it take about a year or more, most of the time longer, to bounce back from these Tommy John surgeries. Big Ben was back out there in less than a year after having that surgery, and while he's not firing 90-mile-per-hour fastballs at anybody, throwing a football is still an odd motion. It's not natural for an elbow to do. I do think that he could bounce back from that a little bit. We've heard the rumors that he's watching his diet more and trying to be more perceptive of the things he's putting in his body because he wants to play longer. They definitely have the offense. I mean, the offensive line is beat up, probably have one of the worst offensive lines in the league now, unfortunately. But they've got one of the best wide receiver cores in the country. Got a really good running back. And the one thing about Big Ben, say what you want about him, even though he's getting, it feels like he's got 50-year-old legs with the way he moves around, the dude is still extremely hard to bring down. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Big Ben outperforms a 21 ranking for me, 22 ranking for you. Uh, but I, I just i can't get last year out of my head. And he's a lot like Sam Darnold for me. It's one of those guys where i got to see it to believe it. If I can get him in this range, I'll buy on him and hope for the upside. But I think there's a better shot he finishes as a QB, two than him being the guy we saw in the past. Because I will also add the volume. Uh, in the past, the big thing for him was volume. 500-plus attempts every single year. fitner has gone. I think that they brought in Najee Harris because they want to go to more of a balanced approach, which will also bring Big Ben back to the pack a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it for me. We saw last year the pass-first, pass-always method started strong for them, but probably had a large role in that one-and-four finish and in the way they kind of collapsed down the stretch. I think they're going to look for more balance. Um, I don't think he'll be bad, just not that great. I mean, he was only QB 14 last year, considering how much we talked about them slinging it everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, dealing with the hurt elbow. So, because there's no way that thing was, a he's
1: not going to run yeah. at this yeah. point in time. So it's, it's going to be all passing yards and touchdowns. They have a much better option now, even in the red zone, uh, being able to to run with Harris. So.
2: At uh so that was our 21. You discussed Ben who you have at 22. I have two of, which we already talked about. Uh, Dennis has Daniel Jones and you have him down at 25. So since I already gave my spiel on Daniel Jones on Monday's episode, go ahead and tell me why you've got Daniel Jones at 25, and we'll use that as Dennis' argument at 22 here as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jones is a tough one too. I I realize they brought in a lot of weapons. He looked so out of his depth last year, and there were a lot of questions about that pick when it was made. He looked good in spurts as a rookie. Uh, He – really did not look good last year. hope, you know, maybe he bounces back. I'm not sold on him. And so that's kind of the range where I've dumped a lot of these guys that I'm not sure what to make of.
2: Yeah, again, if if you guys were not able to listen to Monday's episode, my big thing was the rushing side, a more healthy team, added weapons. If he can limit the turnovers, I think he's got a shot to be. I had him at 16, so – a little bit higher than you guys. I do like his upside at 23 though. You had Jalen hurts, both Dennis and myself had him in our top 16. I had him at 14. Dennis had him at 11. What has you not so excited about Jalen hurts?
1: You know, I get your arguments about uh, potential and ceiling, but I think that that sort of ignores, I wouldn't be surprised. I- Philly's not great. They're going through a scheme adjustment. Um, we don't really know what it's going to be like trying to put all these pieces together. He had just enough games uh, for people to get tape on him. I really think he's a potential candidate to have a Daniel Jones-esque second season. So yeah. I dropped him. You know His rushing, I think, could keep him in QB2 range, but – I'm not sold on him or the passing offense. And when you talk to a lot of diehard Philly fans, they think he's a one-year stopgap until they get their real franchise quarterback. That doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me either. And we've seen dead men walking, like a Blake Bortles in Jacksonville have a good fantasy season. So it's still possible. But I think he may have a lot of turnovers that hold him back, um, and a lot of inconsistency.
2: At 23, Dennis had Justin Fields, who we already discussed a little bit for both you and me, and he's got Dalton in at 34. So I'm assuming he's kind of leans more with me that Fields is going to start a little bit more than half the season. That's what's going to buoy him up there uh, for him. At 23, I have Drew Locke, who you have at 24. So we are both right there in lockstep with Locke. Uh, Dennis has him at 33, so it looks like he is – either projecting oh well, he's got bridgewater he, he doesn't have either in the top so i'm yeah. assuming he just thinks both those are some way he going to both yeah kind of just work their way whether it's like lock starts like five six games and then bridgewater comes in they both just kind of unfortunately cannibalize each other um i Rithen don't starts three games yeah, I don't. Um, again, this is based solely on, which we know is not going to happen, but each of these guys staying healthy all year. I honestly think the biggest things holding Locke back have been injury, constant change at, at offensive coordinator. He finally is going to go through an offseason completely healthy, and his second year in a system, he's got the weapons around him, improving offensive line. I think adding a Javante Williams is huge for that running game. I think this is Locke's year, and I believe he's got the moxie and the competitiveness to know that this is his last shot, and I think he's going to take it. Uh, So I'm in on him. I think finishing as a low-end QB2 is a fair point to put him. still think that gives Judy, Fant, and Sutton a decent amount of fantasy exposure as well, and I believe, all three, of those guys are going to take big steps forward. So for me, Locke's going to be the guy, and I think he finishes the year as the guy. I don't think that they replace him unless he gets injured, but I don't expect that to happen.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the missing pieces could be putting a real quarterback behind him um, to, to give him a push. You know, he didn't in his first year, he, he was doing really well in preseason, got injured. That injury lasted. It was more serious than they let on. It was kind of a throwing shoulder separation. We saw some good flashes at the end of the season last year, Doing scheme change, no real offseason. Uh, I didn't think he played bad the first week, and then he, if you remember, he got pile-driven by the Steelers in like the first or second series of the second game and knocked out and missed some time. I think it took him some time to come back. Sutton uh, was a lost season. Uh, they had trouble running the ball at times. They had a variety of injuries. He wasn't always great. He definitely wasn't consistent, um, but could be a, a growing thing, a learning thing. He's only started 18 career games. I'm not ready to write him off yet. I think that he's the one they want to succeed, that they got Bridgewater to have a better backup uh, and somebody yeah. to to push and, and an option in case we have the nuclear meltdown. Um, Dendro's going to have a Pretty good defense. I really love the Williams pick. And like you said, I I like their receiving options. So
2: So you and Dennis both have Bridgewater in at 36. I have him at 38. And I agree with you. I think Bridgewater was brought in to help push Drew. But also, if he does get hurt, it does bring in the guy like Colin And Moxley talked about a veteran quarterback who's not going to lose you games. He's not necessarily going to help. He can probably win you some. But I think it's fair to say he doesn't have the upside that Locke does. But I think a lot goes to something we talked about when we did the Denver preview. Denver has honestly kind of a win-now team. They have a very good roster. And so I think bringing in a guy like Bridgewater is smart because if your guy like Drew Locke goes down, you don't have to rely on a Brett Rippon where, no offense, but Brett Rippon's not taking you anywhere. Bridgewater could still be that quarterback that pushes you into a playoff spot and possibly even wins you some playoff games because he's not – the guy who's going to lose you games.
1: And honestly, if you're pushing and hoping that those receivers are all sustainable, you need it not to be a guy who has at best 15, uh, 15, touchdown season as his career high starting a majority of the season. Bridgewater isn't that's the struggle I have the most when they're talking about, you know, Fant and Sutton and Judy getting a lot more TD opportunities at Bridgewater's they're based on what evidence that wasn't him yeah. in Minnesota. That wasn't him when he was in Carolina. I think it's very telling Carolina was willing to pay $7 million of his salary for him not to be on the team this year.
2: Yeah. And to, and to, well, I mean, I know you have Sam Darnold ranked higher. Well, I mean, we all do, but, and to bring in Sam Darnold and then pick up his fifth year option. I mean, mean, Sam
1: Darnold is a wild swing.
2: That's for sure. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think it's fair to say we've seen just as much out of Sam Darnold as we have drew Lux. So you're, you're, and you were willing, like you just said, to pay him to go away. So I think uh, I'm with you. I, I think it was more of a very smart front office move to bring in a guy like Bridgewater. Cause again, he can distribute the ball to your very good weapons if you're in a playoff race, because drew Locke does have an injury history. I think that's fair to say. And so if he goes down, you've got a very reliable backup in Bridgewater who can still help you win games and get you into the playoffs. So that was uh, my 23, your 24. Dennis had Justin Fields at 23, who we've already talked about. And then he's got Derek Carr coming in at 24, who I have at 26. You had him much higher. Um, And Derek, he's he's very consistent. Um, I do feel like I have him way too low. I just don't think he has the upside. And so that's kind of where, again, a lot of these guys here at the bottom are just I don't think they've got the upside, so I'm just going to kind of rank them here because I, I don't really have any faith that they're going to jump up. You know, I, I also believe we talked a little bit about Marcus Mariota. He looks really good in that offense. If Carr suffers another injury, does Mariota go back out there? Or do they stick with them? You know, I think they kind of kept going. They went back to Carr last year because they were in the playoff race. Past two years they've been in the playoff race, and Derek Carr, when they've needed him the most, has let them down. Now, not always some of that's also been their defense, but he hasn't gotten them over that hump. I don't know what his future is there. And so while he probably could have a good year this year, I think that the Raiders are just not going to be an overall very good offense. So I've got him down here. At 26. You had him. um, where, I forgot where you had him at. We talked right, I know, at 16, 16. So you had him just at the edge of what we finished on Monday's episode at 24. For me, I had Zach Wilson. He is the third rookie in my ranks. Dennis has him down at 30 and you have him at 26. So we are not far off. And a lot of that for me is just the jets offense. Uh, I think Zach Wilson is still going to be a decent quarterback and coming in right at QB two range for me, right on the edge of it. But, this offense, I think, is going to take a little bit of time to get going. Don't love all of their weapons. How well are they going to be in sync? I don't believe in this running game. Still kind of concerned about the offensive line. It's a lot of question marks for me to just put Zach Wilson up very high. 24 for me. You have him at 26.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of the same thing. So complete uh, scheme and coaching change in New York. Um Basically, almost entirely new pieces. The Michael P. Ryan returns a running back. Didn't have a lot of time on the field. You have a rookie in Carter. You have a free agent, Tevin Coleman. Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder were there, but it's a new system. Both of them struggled with injuries, weren't on the field a ton. And you bring in a Corey Davis, you draft an Elijah Moore. We still don't know what the heck we're going to get out of Chris Herndon. Yeah. They don't have a super easy schedule um they will have some challenges i think that they are also probably going to have a little bit more of a conservative style style and scheme which will limit some of the ceiling and wilson's going to be a rookie he's going to make some mistakes in the spotlight it's going to take some time to get on track i wouldn't be surprised if it's the kind of team where they finish strong but have a rough september october
2: november I agree with that completely. So that puts us at 25, where we've got three different quarterbacks. All three we have already talked about, though. I had Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dennis had Sam Darnold, and you had Daniel Jones. At 26, you had Zach Wilson. Um, I had Derek Carr, who we just talked about, and Dennis had Jameis Winston. We'll save the discussion for that in a minute, uh, because at 27, I had Sam Darnold, who we would already discussed, and then you and Dennis both had Jared Goff. So your your thoughts on Jared Goff here with the Lions?
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw Goff sliding a little bit last year. That's part of the reason that the Rams were wanting to move on. I think uh, they're going to focus more on the run with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I like Hawkinson. I like the pass-catching ability of those running backs. I have no faith in the wide receivers. I I have no doubt they're not going to be a great team, and they're going to have to throw. I just don't know that it's going to be incredibly successful. Goff struggled uh, at times with turnovers on a good team that was in the playoffs last year. I don't think that's going to be helped by moving to Detroit.
2: Yeah, and I have him at 28, so just one spot behind you guys. Just not a uh... – Uh, you know, unfortunate for him, but I I just don't think he's gonna have much success there in Detroit. Uh, at 28 for Dennis, he has Deshaun Watson. I didn't even rank Watson, I don't think he plays, so I was kind of I did not either. I don't think he plays either.
1: Dennis put him there. I mean, he, if we were being honest about the the guy that we don't have in the top 16 that has top five potential it's probably him you know if yeah. we if we thought he was going to play all season i don't care what the texans have as weapons he could bounce and be a qb1 but i think he ends up on the exempt list he's not going yeah. to even really go through that legal process until 2022 at the earliest i've seen articles from legal experts and i know you've talked about felix as mentioned it could be a couple of years before we see him i just have no no confidence i've banked him in a couple of places if he comes back it's going to be helpful for me but if he doesn't i it won't kill me i would not plan on him
2: yeah I, I i honestly think he's played his last snap in houston i i don't think we if we yeah, see him on the field sure. i don't see him in a Texans uniform so you had at 28 though james winston um, mm-hmm. and I had him at 31 with Taysom Hill coming in at 35, and you had Taysom Hill coming in at 34. Dennis was a little bit higher than us with Jameis Winston, Winston at 26. I imagine that is – and Taysom Hill at 32. And I imagine that's because we all seem to believe that, well, Jameis Winston's probably the starter. Taysom Hill's not going away, and yeah. he's going to be out there. And, you know, I said it a lot. I know this offseason, when we discussed who was going to be the guy – even if Jameis Winston won it, my thought process was if if Sean Payton was willing to bring Hall of Famer Drew Brees off the field to put Taysom Hill in there, why would he not do that with Jameis Winston, who is nowhere near that level? So I expect both those two to kind of cannibalize each other at times. You've been a, a much bigger believer in Taysom Hill than me and Dennis. How do you see these two kind of playing out for you?
1: Yeah, I like Taysom Hill. I'd like to think he's going to get a real shot. I just don't know if if that's what they want to do, he was, you know, if you looked at 2020 as an audition, he went three and one in the four games he started and put up QB eight numbers. I, I didn't think it was bad. If I thought I was getting a full season of him, I'd probably have him and that he was the starter, I'd probably have him in QB two range. If I thought Jameis Winston was the 95% starter, I'd probably move him up too, but I think they're going to end up splitting and doing some kind of rotation uh, it just feels like that's the way it's tracking. I also think the Saints' offense may take a slight step back this year with with Brees retired. Uh, they have more competition in their division and in the NFC. I think rather than being in the twelve to fourteen range that we've seen them in the last four years, that they could drop back to the nine to eleven win range, which will hamper some opportunities. Winston, I, I would have to see it to believe that he's kicked yeah. his turnover habit. That was the bane of his existence when he was in Tampa Bay. That's why he lost that job. And I think even if they put him out there because they like him as a better pure passer, when he starts turning the ball over, they're going to either get super conservative or put somebody else in because they have other options.
2: Yeah, and I'm pretty much 100 percent with you there. I don't, um, I don't even know if he is going to be the long term future there. So I, I, I'm with you. Need to see it. So I don't think either just... of them are. To be honest, yeah. they're both potentially gone
1: after this year. Um, I, Ian Book becomes a fascinating stash. It was fascinating that he's the one that was taken by Sean Payton. I'm. I know you weren't high on him going into the yeah. draft. Neither, neither was I. But the fact that Peyton took him has to at least make him worthy of a yeah. uh, uh practice squad, you know, kind of um or a uh
2: low end roster filler. Yeah, I mean I agree it goes uh, on the college taxi side squad. Of yeah, taxi 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 squad. squad. Yeah, taxi squad. I lost the word. Uh it you goes- know, fantasy it goes into something we talk about on the college side all the time is when uh, when Lincoln Riley goes for quarterback, you got to pay attention to him, whether you like that quarterback or not. Um, and so when Sean Payton goes for guy and he wants him to be that guy, I mean, I, I don't see it with the in book, but maybe, you know, Sean Payton has forgotten more in the last 30 seconds about football than I'll know my entire life. So I will say, yeah, I, I, I will go ahead and trust him a little bit there. So that was uh, 28 with Jameis Winston for Matt, Deshaun Watson for Dennis, and Jared Goff for me. At 29, Matt, you and me both have Jimmy Garoppolo. Dennis has Cam Newton, who I have at 30. You have at 31. So let's start with Jimmy G. Both these guys, impossible QB purgatory in a way. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I expect to honestly start the entire season. I don't think Lance starts unless – Garoppolo completely blows up. And so you may think, well, Matt, you have him at 29. Clearly he's not going to have a good season. That's where I somewhat disagree with you. I don't Mm -hmm. think Jimmy Garoppolo has a great fantasy season, but he still could have a very good NFL season. I think they're going to rely on him to do what he was doing in the last year. He was healthy just distribute the ball, let them run the ball, let that defense win them games. They've got a lot of the defense coming back healthy. They've got a very good offense, a lot of really good pieces. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the better young coaches in the game. I think Jimmy G gives them exactly what they want for now and allow Trey Lance to kind of learn the offense and be primed to go next year. Granted, that being said, if Jimmy G does struggle, and they're in the playoff race, and Kyle Shanahan thinks Trey Lance can do it for him. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Lance on the field, but I think we see Jimmy G at least 11 to 12 games this season. I, just, I don't think Lance starts like some people do, and I don't think it's like a mid-season switch either. It's got to be something where I think they're out of the playoff race or Jimmy G just is completely causing costing them games before we see Lance go in.
1: Yeah, I just don't think he puts up the eye-popping fantasy numbers, but I think he'll be fine. And I think that San Francisco will be in the hunt into December. Uh, And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if Lance gets a game or two at the end of the season to see what they've got, if they think they're sliding out of it or they're not sold on wanting to be the seventh seed. Um, I think Jimmy G will be great, but we are in this range where – I'm not wild about the starters and there's every chance that they end up splitting. Uh, like if you're in a redraft league, hopefully you're not getting, you know, in superflex. you're going to have to take these guys. Honestly, even a redraft, I'm not taking Jimmy G unless I think I can get another one of these bottom tier guys or a Trey Lance to, to handcuff you're in the range where you're going to have to protect yourself.
2: Yeah. And I mean, so just for me, I have Lance actually at 34 because I do expect him to get some games, but I think it's, again, either end of the season, we're going to see him get a little bit of time because they're in the playoffs and they're going to throw him in to see what they've got or they're out of it. But I I do think Jimmy G starts most of the season. You have uh, Trey Lance down here at 38. Dennis has him at 35. Uh, Dennis had Cam Newton at 29. I have him at 30. You have him at 31. It's the same thing. I mean, rinse and repeat, really, for me. I expect Cam to start most of the season, though. This is the one I am the least sure about out of all the quarterback battles. I was big on Mac Jones. A lot of talk that he's already been very, um, very good in the uh, limited amount of time they've been in camp. Rookies report. I don't think they report today for the Patriots, but they're reporting over this weekend. Um, so I, Mac Jones is the one I think I could be wrong on. I think Mac Jones could end up being the starter, but I'm going to go with Cam just because of the experience. And I, I was kind of his biggest, his ardent supporter on this show last year and him getting COVID, signing with the team right before the season started, not really getting that fair shot. I think we could see Cam Newton bounce back a little bit this year. So I've got him at 30. Your thoughts on the, the Patriots quarterback battle?
1: Yeah, I have Jones, I think, right around 35. I think they'll both play. Um, what really propped up Cam Newton's fan- fantasy value last year was all those rushing touchdowns was not a incredibly dynamic offense. I think they'll use tight ends more. I'm still not in love with their wide receiver core. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne being upgrades uh, should strike fear in the heart of a lot of people. I think that they you know, they have so many running backs. If he starts losing out on those goal line opportunities, it seemed they went away from that in the back half of the season because they were worried about just killing him. Uh, You know, I think that limits some of the upside. I think he ends up being in some kind of a a season split. If we get into November and it looks like the Patriots are fading from contention and looking at their schedule, I think that's certainly possible. They're going to make a switch because Bill doesn't want to be out of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and that's uh, why I have Mac Jones at 33, because I do expect him to play at some point this season. When, I don't know, but I do expect him to start soon. Uh, so that really is the most of them. We've got one guy left at 32, which we'll get to. I'll give the rest of Dennis's ranks, because we've talked about all these guys. So he has Newton at 29. At 30, he has Zach Wilson, 31, Jimmy Garoppolo, and 32, Taysom Hill. So he has, again, Deshaun Watson as his Houston quarterback ranked there at 28. Me and you have Tyrod Taylor at 32. Got to finish out my ranks, and we've already talked about him, though, Jameis Winston at 31, Tyrod at 32 for me. At 31, you had Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, 32 for you. At 30, Justin Fields, who we talked about earlier when I had him ranked highly. And and for me, Tyrod – you know, I do think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. It, he gets that quote unquote game manager moniker, which he is. Uh, and I think that's exactly what Houston needs right now. They're not in a place to compete. Uh, I don't, I know that they drafted Davis Mills, uh, and I'm sorry. He's still a project. Uh, I don't think he's got quite this high upside that some of the talking heads on TV think he has because he was a five-star prospect coming out of, of high school. It's a long time ago, guys like you, you've kind of shown who you are in college. In my opinion, I don't think that he is their future either. That was by far the most, one of the more perplexing picks in the draft. If I'm being honest, when I saw them take him with their very first pick of the draft as well, uh, and picking Davis Mills, maybe it was more of just to have that backup, but I expect, Bridgewater, or not Bridgewater, I'm sorry, Tyrod to start pretty much the entire season, if not the whole thing, and he's just I don't think he's going to put up great numbers. Houston is just destined to maybe pull off a win or two this year.
1: Yeah, I expect him to be the primary starter. Um, It's a bad team. I think it'll be a bad offense. It doesn't you know, poor Brandon Cooks went from, you know, Super Bowl to Super Bowl to Super Bowl to toilet bowl. Um, I think think houston will have the number one pick i think they may try davis mills a game or two just to i mean when you're so far down what's the point uh i couldn't i couldn't make the argument for myself to move tyrod any higher yeah even thinking he's going to be a majority starter it just doesn't excite me uh the situation and what he's going through
2: all right, so that will do it for us today. Uh, not really any other quarterbacks. We, we've mentioned kind of the other guys in this range. You know, I mentioned Marcus Mariota. We didn't talk about Jordan Love, which I guess um, could be an interesting thing. We, we heard There was a uh, report today uh, on Tuesday, the day that we're recording this, that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year extension, and he turned it down uh, to say that this is not about the money, which is uh, very intriguing. Cause we talked about on the Monday episode that we all thought he would be back with the Packers. That's not a great sign. I still think he's going to come back, but uh, obviously not a great sign that he turned down a two year extension. Cause a lot of people um, thought that it was about the money and why he was not coming back, but Overall, I think uh, Love probably doesn't play much, so I just put him down here at the bottom of my rankings. Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota. You pretty much have the same guys. Dennis went a little bit deeper in rank like everybody. Uh, so
1: He got to Jake Luton. So. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis, was, Dennis did his homework. homework.
2: Yeah, he really did his homework. So that'll do it, though, for the quarterbacks. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Dennis and myself, as Matt, will still be on vacation. We'll be talking about the top running backs uh, one through what number, Matt? What, 20, what are we doing? 20. One through, one through 20. 20. And then on Thursday, Matt and myself will be back to wrap up the running back conversation. So everybody listening to this, enjoy the weekend. There will be a lot more news coming out over the next couple of days as well, so we'll definitely be talking about that as camps are fully opening back up, as Matt just alluded to. We are two weeks away from actual NFL football. I cannot wait. Everybody enjoy your weekends. We'll see you guys again on Monday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. You got your pop on ready. I came out the womb wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die late. Only tackle him in the 40 Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.